you have to start to take ownership for your well-being for mm -hmm. your wealth or your health wealth too but yeah for everything all that stuff that reflects in our heads of not good enough or fear of rejection or loneliness anxiety not happy you know the list goes on and on that's mm -hmm. stuff that's going on in our heads but we feel in our bodies Hello and welcome to Holistic Mama Speaks. I'm your host, Carrie Marie, and I am so very grateful for you, my listener, and excited to have you here. As a note, by listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this as medical advice or to treat a medical condition. Please visit my website at holisticmamaspeaks.com for the full disclaimer. I am a wife, a mom, a daughter, a sister, and a friend, and my passion is helping other people feel fabulous. So several years ago now, I found myself overweight and unhealthy and so busy and really just going through the motions of life that I didn't know where the years had even gone. I tell this to my husband all the time. I had kept myself so busy with work, volunteering at all kinds of things, running the kids around to sports practices and games, gymnastics, dance, and other activities that I never took time to actually take care of myself and slow down and really truly enjoy the time I was spending with my husband and kids and hardly ever saw my friends unless our kids were in the same things together. I lost touch with who I was. It took a medical scare to finally wake me up and realize that I needed to start taking care of myself so that I could better care for others. That is when holistic wellness and personal development entered my life. I am now happier and healthier than I have been in years. And I'm excited to share with you not only what I've learned and experienced through the years that I've been on this holistic health, wealth, and happiness journey, but also to share with you others' stories and techniques to help you transform yourself into the healthiest and happiest version that you can be. I can't wait to be on this holistic health, abundance, and happiness journey with you. Oh, also, if you find this episode helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, review, and share so that we can continue to provide you with valuable content. As a thank you, each month we will be selecting someone to receive a one-on-one -on -one coaching session and be featured on the show. On with the episode. Hello and welcome back to Holistic Mama Speaks. I'm your host, Carrie Marie, and I am joined today by Chris Belfry, who is an embodiment coach with Belfry Wellness. And Chris started out as actually as a chiropractor, then created his own energy technique and now works at an even deeper level, specializing in helping people release physical and emotional traumas gently, naturally, and effectively. So I am super excited to have you here today, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Absolutely. Yes. So I would love for you to share a bit about how you got started with this work. It's, you know, how did you go from being a chiropractor to um to hop into the energy work? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, to get and to kind of maybe explain it all, um, always as a kid, I had this like desire to like ask a lot of why questions. And, you know, as a parent, you know, maybe you see that with your kids, but for me, it was obsessive. And to the point, I remember times with my dad and, you know, I could see that he would always like try to answer the question and kind of makes things up. And I still remember like being in a car driving and asking questions about the stars and, you know, the trees and different things. And I was maybe like five, but that seems always kind of that curiosity always stuck with me, but it really went into more like the health aspect when I was in a 
motor vehicle accident. I was uh, 13 years old. And uh, it was a point where I almost died there. Uh, and it, I didn't have that near death experience because I know that some people have asked. But there was a point where, like, I was, you know, hours away from dying uh, due to some stuff that was going on. I had cut my bowel in three places and I had it repaired. And I guess there was some kind of an underlying infection and it wasn't going detected. And, you know, due to, you know, divine intervention, literally, because a, um, a nurse, not a nurse had talked to my mom, but, you know, they didn't want to overstep the doctor, but it was, um, um, uh, <laughs> not a, a, a woman priest, uh, a nun came out of nowhere and said, yeah, we're really concerned about your son. We've been praying about him. We really think you should talk to another doctor. And my mom was like, just on a weird that this, you know, this nun had come to her. So yeah. they finally, you know, kind of, cause you don't do that. Uh, you don't challenge a doctor, especially in Canada. You're supposed to, you're taught to trust the doctor because I'm from Canada. And so uh, they went and went ahead and talked to another doctor and instantly he figured out there was something wrong. He diagnosed me and, you know, then I was finally able to start recovering from what was happening. Wow. Yeah. But in that time I was in the hospital, I think 11 or 12 days. And it was that time I realized that's when I wanted to help people. And, uh, yeah. And so in that journey, it was just like, you know, because prior to me, it was more, you know, I was a, you know, like any young Canadian kid, I, you know, I was going to the NHL to play hockey and, you know, uh, (laughs) And that accident kind of, you know, I would say as a kid at the time, it crushed my dream to be an NHL player because I missed out on some prime years of my life because I couldn't play hockey that year. And I had to join the house league and, you know, don't want to get into a whole rabbit hole, but I ended up not really, um, you know, making this next steps. And I would never, you know, I realistically understand that that won't happen, but that dream had crushed at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, really it was just make me wanted to help people. And so I kind of went on this journey and, uh, and I love sports. I, I continue to play sports and hockey as a kid. And so I kind of tied that into like, how can I help people with sports? And so I went to school and uh, to exercise science to take that idea of like, I love science. I learned Cause again, back to that, why I wanted to understand, you know, uh, I took a lot of science classes in high school and it amazed me like how things worked like nature and, animals and things you know like dissection class was something i enjoyed uh whether it was a uh, you know a, a hamster i think we did and a frog but those are things that was like exciting um and so yeah i went into extra science and the idea was i was going to go to some kind of like schooling after post-secondary i always kind of knew like there's something else after whether you know i didn't have a desire to be uh a, a sports, you know, like a sports guy, like a work on a sports team or something more where there's mm-hmm. physical therapy or maybe be a doctor or something. And uh, my mom was seeing a chiropractor at the time. And in, in the school, I learned that like in exercise, how exercise just alone can affect, affect your overall being, you know, lower your blood pressure and, you know, obviously, you know, weight loss and tons of things that happen like hormonally with exercise. You know, I was like, wow, I really love how the body can just, you know, help so uh i i kind of started to gravitate to more natural things and the way i was talking my mom was like you should see my chiropractor and so i went and had a conversation with the guy i'm like that's it i want to be a chiropractor and uh yeah so i set the stage i you know just got all the courses in line and uh, went to chiropractic school and um in chiropractic school you know 
when I first started, it was like, you know, if you were breathing and had a spine, you had to be adjusted. And so like, I would come home and, you know, practice with my mom and dad and friends and they'd leave bruised a little bit, maybe at the end, <laughs> maybe more pain at the beginning. Well, until I got better, they were great guinea pigs for me. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have to start somewhere, right? <laughs> right, right? Right. So, uh, but, um, yeah, eventually I got, you know, obviously better chiropractic, but halfway through, uh, in a, in a class I was learning, the chiropractor or the teacher had said like, that I took the most was he's like chiropractic can help 75% of 75% of the people. And at the time there's lots of different techniques. And I was only like, I just wanted to do adjusting because I'm like, Oh, Justin, that's what's going to work. And it was kind of that. If you understand anything about chiropractic, it's kind of like the very basic structure of chiropractic, the natural way of the spine and using your innate or your kind of your soul ability to kind of heal. And uh, once I heard that, I was like, wow, I had this desire to help everybody. You know, this, you know, this, um, this desire where, you know, grand desire to help everybody. And I was like, wow, 75%, you know, I just started thinking about that. Like, wow, I can't help everybody. So I'm like, well, that's when I started learning about different techniques. And I'm like, wow, I can help people with so many other things if I learn all these different techniques. So I started studying every technique I could. I probably studied, oh, in, in school, at least another 10 and then. Uh, out of school, I've probably studied over 20 chiropractic techniques. Wow. Uh, so once I graduated, or even even after graduation, I still was studying chiropractic techniques. But um, overall, since that time, yeah. Um, but originally, I was actually going to go to take my chiropractic and all my tools and practice in Kentucky. And um, my mom, I had to go home because you had to write state boards, like not like a state board, like a jurisprudence. It's a really simple exam about uh like the laws of the state for chiropractic in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. But they only offer twice a year. So I had a few months off. So I went home and uh uh left all my stuff, you know, packed in St. Louis, ready to move to Kentucky. And uh, uh my mom was seeing this guy doing something a little bit different. She's like, well come see him. He's actually my cousin's husband. So I said sure. She's like he doesn't really explain what he does. Maybe you can kind of explain it to me. So, uh, you know, I spoke with him and he's kind of explaining things and he's telling me like all the different kind of conditions he can help. And that led to us getting together for a coffee after. And yeah, I was like, wow, I want to learn what this guy's doing. So he, he made this offer and I said, well, I can study this in the time before I go back to, um, you know, chiropractic in Kentucky. In that time, he was like, why don't you stick around? We really could use another hands here. And I'm like, well, I could stay in my home city. You know, I'm like, there's a lot of appealing to that. Mm -hmm. So I went back, packed up all my stuff into my truck and my dad's truck and drove back home and started practicing this technique. It's It actually started from um, a chiropractor. It's esodynamics. It's kind of kind of folded since, uh, but it was storm, stemmed from a chiropractor in uh, Quebec. Oh, okay. So it has some kind of chiropractic background, but the more I kind of realized it and it was something more, and I started getting into more, like people were coming with emotional stuff and and I was starting to kind of really starting to peek into the the personal development. I just thoroughly got into my own stuff. Like, how can I help me? Like, mm -hmm. uh, like how can I grow myself? Because I realized, like, when I grow, like, my business will grow. You know, I could be more service. And so, you know, I started working on me. And you know, I started realizing how my emotions affect, you know, my physical. And that kind of was like, wow, I didn't realize how that impacted people. 
And this was a long time ago. So this was like early 2000s, which, you know, people really didn't talk like, like they do now, like emotions affect our physical. Right. And so I would still talk to people about, you know, their physical symptoms, mm-hmm. but I'm clearing emotional stuff where I was p- helping people like, you know, I had a lady come in with back pain, but it's related to some kind of abuse she had when she was a child with her uncle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was crazy because then the back pain went away and she confronted her uncle, which she's always wanted to do, but it was me removing that stuff for her to allow that to happen. Um, and some, it's great that sometimes people, uh, I guess from an ego standpoint, it's not so great, but you know, cause you want to feel that validation. She may not relate it to the treatment and she really didn't because she only came in for back pain, right. but I already knew that, you know, that's what was really you know, holding on, it was trapped energy there. And so, uh, yeah, I just started to get more into the energy aspect of it. And so for the longest time, uh, you know, I worked on people, uh, in my office, people came to me and, uh, I worked through, through their physical stuff. Mostly, you know, eventually started people coming around with emotional stuff and I started bringing up more emotional stuff. And, you know, as people kind of grew and, you know, I, you know, the way I kind of talked about it, I always mentioned the emotional aspect, but I tied it into a physical where they would always get it, you know, because I spoke to people. I like to think I spoke to people at the level they were at. And then and yeah, most eventually, people were probably coming to you for physical things because you're a chiropractor. So I'm sure that right. that's like the beginning. Right. And then and then things kind of trickled from there. 100%, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Although I didn't after the like once I moved back home, actually, then I didn't do any chiropractic because. Oh, OK. Um long story but it was more just like at the time there was a chiropractor in vancouver that had done a manipulation on somebody and they got a a, a when i had a stroke and it, and it can happen but it's it's so so small and there's tested you know chiropractors do mm-hmm. you know considering you know it may happen once every 10 years whereas you know the medical industry is killing you know thousands a day yet they made this big issue of this one time mm. and, and it had nothing to do with the adjustment. And I want to, you know, I'm not, but people just assume mm-hmm. there's some other lining issue that this person had. And, you know, um, there's ways that go around it, but uh, it was just kind of like synchronicity. It happened and that happened for the person. And next thing you know, you know, chiropractic was bad. And so I, this was an opportunity for me to kind of step away a little bit and do something different. And so, uh, yeah, I got into energy work and, and uh, you know, I created my own technique after learning all these different things and connecting, you know, the mind and body and how that would work. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, have a name for your technique. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's called interkinetics. Um, awesome. And that's the name of the technique, but you know, that's just the, the modality, but it's kind of a blank in my you know website is Belfry wellness. Cause it's just, part of a technique that I do because it's more than that now because it's really focused on like the whole body and that was and it did then but it was more I guess you know my patients were great because you know they were like a real guide for me to help me grow because I was not that I was you know they were they were teaching me just as much as you know I was helping them I was learning from from how their body responded because I always still ask why did this person get better and this one didn't when I did that or did this. And, you know, that helped me, you know, evolve and get better. And it, you know, taught me too about at the same time, I continue my personal growth and meditation. I've been a meditator for, you know, almost 20 years. And, and so, um, and so, you know, I was watching people, um, 
shift and change, I was like, well, how can I mimic some of that to help myself? Mm-hmm. And so I started to work on some of the things that I was doing in them, but on me. And this is where, you know, what I, I'm really moving towards now is, uh, and it's nothing to do with the others, is that I'm trying to empower people to help themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I was doing was like, Chris, I'm broken, fix me. And I'm trying to get, I want to get out of that mentality for people um, and get people to take more responsibility for their own well-being. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I like empowering people. That that excites me. Uh, That's awesome. You know, I love that. Empowering yeah. people is so incredible because, and then not only can they always do it when, when they need to, um, but they're just, I feel like that boosts their self-confidence that they know right. that, wow, I have control. I can right. do it. And, right. and also just take responsibility rather than blame other things or other people or whatever, you know, I think that in a, the society that we live, everybody's quick to blame others for everything, you know, hundred percent. And, <laughs> you know, if you're coming to, you know, if you're going to, that's where it starts for me. If you're coming to see me, that's where it's going to begin is you have to start to take ownership for your well-being, for mm-hmm. your wealth or your health wealth too, but yeah, for everything. And, you know, uh, even in my marriage where, you know, my ex had an affair and met somebody else, you know, it's easy to me to say, oh, it's all her fault and blame her. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and said, you know, I honestly looked at like how, and it was the biggest thing. It was the biggest growth moment for me, you know, um, so far that I've had. Hopefully that's enough. I've had enough uh, from health challenges and financial issues and all sorts of things growing all the way, you know. Um, but it was like a big eye opener uh because I asked myself, like, how did I contribute to her, you know, needing someone else? Mm-hmm. Like, what did, what part did I play in that response? Like, not to say that, like, you know, she did what she did, but how did I contribute to feel that way that she had to go find someone else? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, well, because she has, you know, you can say low self-esteem or selfish. Absolutely. I'm not saying that she doesn't have her own things to work on. My thing is like, I can only grow for me. If I sat there and said, well, she's toxic, she's a narcissist, you know, that's where, that's where a lot of relationships go. Or even, you know, a lot of therapists say, well, you were just in a toxic relationship. Well, it never started that way. When I first started, you guys were having sex everywhere. All over. It was great and fun. You had kids. It was great. And then something happened. Right. And it's where that something happened. It didn't one thing. It was a series of things. And so I just evaluated, you know, I looked at it. One of the big things was about rejection. And, uh, and that didn't stem from my relationship. It stemmed from my childhood stuff, even beyond that. And, you know, getting cut from hockey teams or, you know, that first girlfriend, uh, there's so many times where I can pick at it. And, you know, some people, oh, everyone had a breakup, you know, like I remember wallowing, crying in pain on the floor when, you know, I got a breakup, uh, in high school, I remember, you know, being cut. It was like devastating, you know, even well, even today, not today, but you know, prior to learning this, someone would unsubscribe from my email list. I would, you know, be, it would hurt. I would feel that inside. It was painful. Clients wouldn't come in again or, you know, wouldn't come back. A lot of times they're feeling better, but there was still that doubt. And that doubt was like, I'm not good enough. You know, all these things that, you know, I started to like process in our heads where it gets stuck in our heads. Mm-hmm. And um, why this is all important is that because all that stuff that reflects in our heads of not good enough or, fear of rejection or loneliness, anxiety, not happy, you know, the list goes on and on. That's mm-hmm. stuff that's going on in our heads, but we feel in our bodies. And so that's really where the work came in for myself as I started to notice um, my own 
feelings. And it really started when I, you know, getting back to hockey. I still play hockey. Um, but I started to notice this technique really worked was, so when I play hockey, you know, with like just guys, a bunch of guys playing, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm an average or, you know, a decent hockey player. I can, you know, play, uh, you know, hold my own. But when I would play in, in a league, I was just like, I would jump over the boards and fall. I would trip on a blue line. It was just like miss the net by 10 feet. It was just like a totally different player. And I didn't. It was almost like you were sabotaging yourself. I was. Oh but my. what I realized it was like this anxiety that I was having. Mm-hmm. Like I would literally pee like two, three times before a game. I was just like so anxious of like looking good. You know, uh, especially as a kid, there was like, you know, I was one of the better players. So like there was so much pressure on me. Like I was that go-to kid. Like, Chris, we need a goal. Get out there. And so, uh, and so I had all this pressure, this anxiety, and then, you know, playing high school hockey, it was, you know, a whole new adventure, but, you know, led to a lot of other things, but, uh, you know, but it was all stemming from this like anxiety that I put on my place to myself of, you know, looking good or, you know, sh- you know, tr- trying to impress my dad who doesn't, you know, I'm an adult. He doesn't, he doesn't live in the same city. He wasn't coming there anymore, mm-hmm. but there's all these things of like, you know, this feelings I was putting on myself. And so before the game, I was starting to notice I was driving. I was, I could feel the anxiety building up and building up. So I just started to do the, you know, the technique of just kind of bringing my stuff in my head into my body. And how can I work through that? And, uh, you know, eventually I came to a way of tools just of doing that, of relaxing the spine or your nervous system, sorry, and, and, and connecting the two. And once you can do that, you can finally release it. And so as I did that, took me maybe within three weeks, you know, uh, four weeks of just going to the, maybe three weeks, four weeks, but going, uh, you know, it was almost gone. I, there was no more pain before, like, you know, half a dozen times, uh, the, the anxiety was gone or extremely diminished and up be, tying the team in, in points. So I kind of was that player that I was, expected to be or at least i should be you know in relation to other things um but all that extra anxiety that self-sabotaging as you kind of put it mm-hmm. you know had led me to uh, uh my own demise at the time so uh i took that and applied it to other areas of my life and i started seeing that change in my life so i started teaching to my clients and so they'd come in and you know uh and so i do the energy work because that's what they come in for but then they started some emotional stuff um but then COVID came and it was an opportunity for me to kind of shift into taking it online and, mm-hmm. and bring it to more people. And so now I offer courses. Um, I have, you know, uh, one-on-ones and different options for people to, uh, to join. Oh, that's so cool. And and how neat is that, that you were able to take what you learn yourself and how you were able to heal and improve your own life and well-being and happiness and, mm. you know, get rid of the anxiety. And then, then implement that into, um, into the lives of your clients who are going through the same thing. I mean, so many people just struggle with the same things. And so I feel like we're better to help others when, when we have already, you know, healed and learned from it ourselves, you know? And, um, and I, I also just love too, that you needed to have that awareness first before you're able to, to heal from it, you have to be aware, Hey, I've got something going on, you know? And, and I think that that's always the first step, right. In, 
and being able to decide that, Hey, I need, I need a little help. I need to heal. Right. It's just being aware that you have stuff going on. It could be emotional or, or it could be physical, you know, like sure. that, that aching pain that just can't seem to go away and nobody can figure out what it is. Exactly. Right. I mean, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. You have to, and sometimes you're not aware of it. You know, I wasn't aware of the rejection until, mm-hmm. and I hit it. I covered it with, you know, you know, the law of attraction. I could tell you the all the ways I had, I hired staff when, you know, I probably couldn't f- rub two nickels together, but I was afraid of, you know, rejecting someone, rejecting me, paying me or rejecting saying no to another appointment, whatever the fear was, you know, mm-hmm. I had, I had masked it so well that I wasn't, I could tell you, I wasn't afraid of nothing dating world. You know, it was just like, what it didn't matter. It was, you know, uh, even how did I even get married? I mean, women had to pretty much, you know, poof, hit me over the head with a sledgehammer and drag me into the cave and tell me they're interested because, you know, if us, if this, this, if the signal wasn't like, like bright lights, like, you know, like (laughs) come here, I would have been like too afraid, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So uh, yeah. So for me, it's really, you know, like uh, the embodiment is real. That's where it comes from. So it's kind of getting people into your bodies. We're always in our heads with Mm -hmm. television and, you know, computer games and work and, and it's just really connecting to both. And so I do that with breath work and at some courses, it may be somatic. So movement. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Can you provide maybe an example or two of how, I know you mentioned the one woman with her back pain and then just how you have gotten through your, you know, your anxiety and things like that. But um, can you provide maybe another example or two of how you've helped somebody through something that they came to you with and maybe they didn't realize yeah. everything that they needed help with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cause you're right. We definitely learn through our own stories. Right. And, yeah. and I love when other men like, or, you know, cause I'm in a men's group and I think that's important for men. Uh, but um, you know, especially going through the transition in a relationship, I, I didn't realize like how men think differently, act differently than women, you know, like, we're apples and oranges and we think we're both apples because we're both human and we mm-hmm. totally are totally different. So, uh, you know, being a men's group, you know, learning about that and it wasn't, it's the people's stories. Even in when I go to, you know, being personal development, it's hearing the people's, their own stories. And sometimes it doesn't even relate to anything, but impacts me for whatever reason, right? It's a trigger for me. So, you know, I love the aspect of group work because it may not be your story that triggers something with me, but there's something within that story Maybe just mention your dad and it's like, boom, your dad. And uh, so what's another story? Well, I had a client with um, anxiety and uh, she was with big, with big crowds. So she never go to big crowds, you know, never concerts, you know, sports event, nothing. Even big family events she would avoid. And uh, yeah, after we worked through that, boom, she was able to, and, she, and it's like, when it's gone, it's not like sometimes you get to fake it till you make it or the, you know, like you got to tell yourself a story when it's gone. It's just like you go and do it. It's almost like second nature where you're not, there's no resistance for you to do it. You, you know, when you're working through it and I teach people, then, you know, you may feel a little bit, but now you know how to clear it on your own. And that's why I want to power people. Right. So if you do get a little bit, then you clear it. Um, you know, I had a client who, uh, Oh, it was a good one. She was um, abused um, by a cousin, I think. And I don't want to get all abused clients, but uh, this seems to be popular lately. Um, so she had been therapy and she thought everything was clear. And she came to me with some back trouble. And um, and then and having that conversation and she, 
she was well aware and we had discussed this motion, but she had felt she was completely over it. But in that conversation, we realized that, you know, um, when we talk about responsibility, and this is a hard one for, you know, when I deal with abuse in some people, is like, what res- what part did you, you know, what, you, what are you responsible for in that? And it's hard for say, like, how could I be responsible? I was young. I couldn't be anything. But once you start to realize, like, and I've had other women where it's like, uh, in another situation uh, where she was getting a little bit of attention from men and she was overweight and she, she was like a, you know, young, you know, adolescent or older adolescent. She was 12 and she was abused. And, and so there other girls were getting attention from boys and she was overweight and she wasn't. Mm-hmm. So she was getting that little bit of attention. And that was something that, that inside was like, Oh, that lit her up a little bit as much as 99, 99.9% was dark. But it's that one percent, that point one percent that's you're still holding on to that's <laughs> preventing you from really moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the lady with the back pain that came in, she was struggling with relationships. She couldn't like hold on to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we started working through, I, we cleared that stuff that she was responsible for a tiny little bit. All of a sudden, the next visit she came, she said, "Chris, I love men." I'm like. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I thought she always did. She's mm-hmm. like, no, you don't get it. There was always a part of me that hated them, like deep down. And when we work through it, she let that go. And all of a sudden, life looks differently for her. Wow. So it was like a light bulb. <laughs> like, right. Oh. <laughs> like, and to me, I'm like, well, you were dating guys. I thought you always right. loved them. But there was that, you know, that anger or whatever that she was holding on to that, you know, maybe didn't get through in therapy. And she did lots of therapy with it, you know, because you know, her family was well aware of what happened. So they put her in therapy and all that. Um, and so um, to simple things like myself, uh, I was getting neck pain. Uh, and this was like when COVID first started, when, uh, well, not first started, it was after the first year where kids were going back to school and uh, they weren't going back in Canada. They weren't going back online or we had an option to put my daughter online. And so I, chose to put my daughter in line for several reasons. Um, but uh, I was really worried about it interrupting my life because when COVID was going on, they left school. Like it was me teaching, you know, my daughter math and English. The teacher would supply stuff, but it was really me learning that uh, teaching it. Mm-hmm. And I was worried. So my mom volunteered to come and live with me for a couple of months to get the transition over. But the transition was real easy. But, you know, you know, being now single for several years and have my own house, my own space, my mom moving in, I didn't realize this, but I was getting this neck pain. And this neck pain was like, oh. So for me, I just thought it was this physical thing because I slept funny. So I did this some points I have for some physical stuff that I work on and usually it goes away, but it wasn't going away. And so I did what I did. I just started to, you know, feel into it and then get it close into the, the pain and get in touch with what's going on and, Mm-hmm. And stuff I teach people is getting their body, feel it. And uh, so I got that I was just issues I had with my mom. Like I was resisting my mom being there. As much as I loved her, there's still part of me like, you're, you're taking up my space. You're like, you know, my living room is no longer my living room. I can't go down and watch TV when I want to. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch a lot of TV, but it's when you want to. It's like, mom's there again, you know. <laughs> and uh, And so once I cleared that, it was great. And then I was open to have a conversation about my mom with my mom about, you know, just some boundaries of what, 
you know, my, it's still my space. And can right. we, how can we work this out? And, you know, we end up getting her TV in her own room and setting her up in there. So, you know, uh, on some nights she'd go up in there and that was perfect for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, um, I know that we are, we're running short on time, but I did yeah. want to, um, to ask if you have a, um, a tip or a technique that you can share with the listeners, just something yeah, that, you know, much. if they, if they find something, whether it be, you know, physical or emotional or something going on, what's something that they can do? The easiest thing is start to breathe, you know, uh, and, you know, just, you know, run out of time, but to stop is the first thing is to stop to breathe. So even if we're triggered, the first thing we want to do is go back into that fight or flight mm-hmm. and we're instantly going to be in attack mode again and no one wins. You, you, you know, the last time you both in a fight, what happens to people, regardless of, you know, with your friend or your, your significant other, it never works for either of you because you're both at fight or flight mode. You're both on attack mode. Take a deep breath. Take more, take a moment, just take a second, step back, get out of the motion and breathe and breathing, uh, you know, throughout time, but there's a way just to kind of breathe and just relax. If you kind of breathe in through your, you know, your nervous system down your spine, you know, uh, and I'll teach people that, uh, but that's a good way. Just give yourself like 30 seconds of breath work and Mm -hmm. then respond by then you'll have calmed. And if you need to excuse yourself, you know, do that too. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a moment of feeling anxious, take a moment, start breathing, get in your body, get out of your head. Cause anxiety, you're in your head about worrying about something mm-hmm. or the past, you know, whatever it is. Right. Usually typically anxiety is something with the present. Depression mm-hmm. is something with the past typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, or even just being nervous about something in the future, you know, yeah. that, that doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, so breath works. So when you even have a special breath technique you use, start that. But anything, just start to bring your focus on your breath. So bring your attention in your body. Mm-hmm. That'll relax your nervous system. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's so yeah. helpful. And I find that even for myself, that that just deep breathing and, and literally focusing on the breath, you know, paying attention to, okay, I'm breathing in right now. Right. <laughs> and I'm breathing out right now, you know, that kind of thing, because it, it literally takes your mind away from anything else. And all you're thinking about is, is the breathing. And right. sometimes it takes several, you know, several tries of like, you know, cause of course the brain likes to try to trickle right. off and think about all these other things, but you know, sometimes you need to just, all right, reel it in. Let's focus on the breath again. <laughs> so, so even if you do anything like, you know, what I attach is like using some NLP, so neuroglistic programming. And you, if you practice that, like on your own, mm-hmm. so you, as soon as you kind of like, maybe it's just like, put your two fingers together or there's a way that you kind of, when you do that, it starts to relax your body. Whatever mm-hmm. like neuroglistic programming you want to do, because then once you start to do it later, the more you practice, it becomes automatic. So uh-huh. the it becomes quick. So it's like uh, a lot quicker. So those transitions to, to relaxing mm-hmm. becomes easy. But it has to be automatic. And that's my, when I teach people the technique, it becomes automatic. So when I'm, you mm-hmm. know, I can have a conversation with you and clear stuff that took me minutes, minutes, 10, 15 minutes to clear, which can take seconds now. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'd also love for you to share your web address so that people can reach out to you, yeah. to, um, you know, Thank to you. chat about, you know, what it is that you do and how they can, how they can reach out to you to schedule an appointment. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. You can reach me at uh, Belfry Wellness. So my Belfry, B-E-L-F-R-Y Wellness, all one word, dot com. 
or you can email me at chris at belfrywellness.com. Awesome. And that's K-R-I-S. Right? Oh, yes. Thank you, Chris. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I will make sure to link that on the holisticmamaspeaks.com website as well under the show notes for um, for today's episode. So that way everyone can contact you. They can uh, they can reach out to you on social media and all of that Absolutely. good stuff. Absolutely. So thank, thank you so much, Carrie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been wonderful. I, I love learning about this stuff and about how you're helping people and how you use your own experiences to help so many others. So, um, and I, I hope you continue to help more and more people. Yes, likewise. Bless you. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. You're Take welcome. Care. And thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye now. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode or any other episode valuable, please consider taking a few minutes to rate, review, and share this podcast to help the show grow so that we can impact more people and so that we can continue to provide valuable content. Also, please visit holisticmamaspeaks.com for show notes, resources, and so much more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Holistic Mama Speaks. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.